0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy and it's good to be with you and I'm glad that you are here and I'm glad we had an opportunity to uh, spend some time together. Uh, I always look forward to being in studio as uh, you well know. I like to uh, just stay current, stay relevant, stay involved in recovery and being a part of this recovery movement really helps me do that in ways that I didn't even imagine moving forward. Years ago, when uh, Jonathan and I embarked on uh, Becoming Well Now, which was our first website back in 2006, and starting to develop that with Bo Graves and and, uh, some other individuals, and try to understand what Our message was going to be and how it was refined over the years and and of course with um, uh, Jay Roberts and all the video work that we did and and with Jeff and all the assistance from all the people along the way finally have come to this point where we really have an idea of what we're doing we're we're learning more about our audience who's targeted who we can help how to make our message so accessible right even with my addictive background, there's so many other things that I went through along the way that caused me to stay in the bondage that I was in to my alcoholism. And as my dear friend uh, Max Brooks would say, uh, you know, he would tell me, I'm not sure of, of to the degree that I had alcoholism, but one thing I do know is that I suffered from a severe love disorder. And and all the different things we learn along the way to understand really what was happening to us internally that would want us to medicate to the degree that we would medicate, uh, you know, in Japan. And I learned this from Father Mountain's Chalk Talk. And they have a saying in Japan Says the first a man takes a drink, then the drink takes a drink, then the drink takes the man. And that's where I was. I first drank and used because I could. And then I liked it so much that the drink decided to take a drink because compulsion, even back in early in those age, was starting to set itself up. And then, of course, the drink took me. And now I'm recovered from that over 34 years of personal recovery and learning how to share that message, but understanding all the components that make up a person of addiction. That is why there's such common ground between the gambler, the alcoholic, the drug addict, uh, the, the person who's addicted to pornography, the compulsive overeater, the bulimic, all those things that I was... Right and pursued in behavior and, and, and substance-related addiction that I had to recover from. But there was one solution for it all, and that was coming to terms with a power greater than myself and learning how to apply certain steps in my life, in this case, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps of recovery, learning how to apply those as I was deepening my relationship With God of my understanding, that culminated into a spiritual healing and a practical renewal, almost a reinventing from the inside out who I was into who I am. And showing others how to do that is our mission at the recovery movement. And today is no different than any other day. We are going to rock recovery. We're going to lay it all out. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to be forceful. We're going to be determined. We're going to be definite. in what I believe is the best way to at least look at recovery, how you own that and apply that into your life is really up to you. But hopefully we have enough common ground that we can agree that we have a path that we can agree on that will get us to where we want to go. And how you get there really doesn't matter to me. Again, rarely have we seen a person fail, it says, who has thoroughly followed our path, but how that path translates to you, it's kind of like my relationship with with God. Um, I'm not as concerned with how you perceive God or what you perceive God to be. But what I want to agree on is what we believe God does. So if your God, whatever your concept of God is, doesn't want you to be happy, joyous, and free, as it says in the big big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, or as the Bible would say in whatever biblical or spiritual connotation you have toward this, go ahead and apply it. We are new creatures. We are reinvented. Everything that we were is wiped away. We have an opportunity to become brand new. So if your higher power doesn't want you to be the best possible version, doesn't insist on you enjoying life, doesn't want you to be happy, joyous, and free, we are sure It says in the big book that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. That we aren't a glum lot. We're happy. We're learning how to be even happier along the way. So go to recoveryguy.org. Go to recovery underscore guy on uh, Instagram and listen at the end of this podcast to learn how your subscribing helps us and how you can even give more Toward this recovery movement along the way. Let's talk about stressors of life. Oh my gosh. I was sitting the other night and just chatting it up with Laura a little bit. And just talking about stressors in life. And right now there's a a few moving parts in our life and my personal life that I wish were a little different. And if I don't allow them to fight, if, if I don't examine them and learn to work them toward me and not take advantage of me emotionally, they can get out of control because stressors just sort of happen. And if you don't have any stress points or stressors in your life, you may not be breathing. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you ever heard of the adage though, This too shall pass. Did you ever hear that? It's one of the things that my sponsor Jack had up on his wall, along with take it easy and keep it simple, sweetheart, and first things first, and so on. But it was this too shall pass. Now, sometimes things, they do just sort of pass by waiting them out. You know, if you just wait long enough, I know in the big book, it says, if we stopped uh, living in the problem and started living in the solution, the problems went away even of themselves, but that's taking action, of course, right? That's not waiting for something to disappear through osmosis, but sometimes things, they just go away of themselves, regardless of what we do or we don't do. Maybe it's a passing event that causes stress and eventually it leaves. Um, maybe it's a person who is coming in or out of our life, something like that. And as as they're coming in and as they're there, they, they cause a certain amount of stress, but we know they're going to leave. And just so by their uh, uh, omission, them leaving, uh, that stress leaves with them. But most things don't pass. Most things, we just need to do something about it. Just because, though, remember this, just because something has gone away doesn't mean it's past. Think about it. Just because something has gone, sometimes there's a residual effect in it having been there. It may, are you ready? This is where we really take an inventory on things. It may have found a different place to live in our space, whether that's emotional, mental, or spiritual space. Maybe it's learned how to live there undetected. You know, if this is the case, as Stephen Covey talks about, unresolved issues very seldom go away they will resurface somewhere else. They will. You can can hold me to that because they will resurface somewhere else and they have the potential of causing even greater harm because maybe they've enlisted other things in our life or maybe they come even at a more challenging or difficult time. Now, dealing with stress, I believe, is really essential for me to be healthy. It really is dealing with it, getting to the bottom of things, really cleaning them out. You know, when I will do a lot of cooking, because I love the kitchen, as many of you know, I love just being in the kitchen and cooking and doing meal prep with Laura or just by myself. I'll get up in the morning and and uh, cut up some peppers and some onions and some Anaheim chilies and I'll throw them in a pan and, and I use mixing bowls and things like that. I, you know what I always do when I clean the bowl? I clean the bottom of it. I get right down into it. I don't just clean the surface. I don't just clean the edges. I just don't clean the outside because I... <laughs> I want that bowl to be bacteria-free, and I know the way to do that is to deal with it, to get it cleaned. And as I previously mentioned, things don't generally go away on their own. Now, for the purpose of today's conversation, um, we're just going to talk about two various types of stressors in life. There's many psychologists and psychiatrists who are much more smart than me and much more experienced than me and they'll have a laundry list of them and if you want to Google it, that's great because there's more information out there. But for the purpose of today, we're going to just discuss two types of stressors in our life. And I think two of the most common are natural stressors and self-induced stressors. Just like in uh, child rearing, when Laura and I were going through our parenting classes, uh, gosh, if you didn't think I knew how to be a husband, you better believe I didn't know how to be a dad. I had to learn how to uh, be an effective father. Uh, how to make sure that my love was meted out fairly and objectively and evenly. And so I had to uh, just sort of learn about these things along the way. And I learned that there was a thing called uh, intended consequences or natural consequences. And natural consequences, so... If if one of my children disobeyed me and they were riding their bike and they got injured on their bike, that would be a natural consequence. They disobeyed and they were harmed. And that that was a natural consequence that occurred. If they didn't and I found out they disobeyed me, then I would bring consequences. Sort of the same way here, where stressors can be just natural as a point of our living or I can bring them on to me. These stressors, um, I believe they can be seen or unseen, but they will most always be felt seen or unseen, but most always be felt. Now, some stressors come in the form of people, while others, they may be things or or situations. And whether they be natural or self-induced, stressors can be like trying to body surf in a riptide. It's really true. Have you ever tried that? I love the ocean. Lived in Southern California, growing up. We go back there. Laura and I, when we vacation in Florida or any of the other places that we'll go to, I love to go to the beach. But I'm very aware and very cognizant and very um, safety conscious or conscious when I know there's a riptide. I really pay attention to riptide because if you're ever trying to body surf in in shallow water or even a riptide, it can be very dangerous because you just keep getting pulled under and under and under and sometimes you risk drowning. Riptides can be very dangerous and and dealing with natural or self-induced stressors, it can be like that. Sometimes they take us, we don't take them because if we don't get out of those stressors, again, whether they're self-induced or natural, we could drown. We could emotionally drown and be worse off, but it doesn't have to be that way. Natural stressors, I really believe, are are difficult enough to deal with um, as a natural component of life, but when they are added to self-induced stressors, it can be a recipe for disaster. I believe that natural stressors, we can control it to a degree by making certain changes But those are really self-induced stressors. Natural stressors are just going to happen as a course of life. But when we have both going on, it can be like that Riptide body surfing experience. When we take a natural stressor that we really can't do much about, maybe we can minimize it, but it's just there as a part of our living. And when we add it, when we add the component of something self-induced, it either makes that natural stressor even worse by, by itself or the combination of the two self-induced stressors while natural stressors are going on. It may turn out to be too much for us to handle and we just sort of uh, uh, consider it a recipe for disaster. We have to be very careful because, again, natural stressors, they're just a part of living. Self-induced stressors are not natural. They shouldn't be the rule. They should, at best, be a rare exception. So, We need to avoid stressors. And avoiding stressors can involve several techniques or or life choices. Now, as usual, Jonathan will make sure that these are in the notes. And as usual, you don't need to write them down, especially if you're driving, God forbid. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and grab them later on. But these are just some things that I wrote down that uh, may be effective for you. Obviously, this is not the overall list. This might not even be the best list. Uh, You might want to order some things, change some things, make them work for you. It really doesn't matter. This is really just a jumping off place for you to begin understanding uh, self-induced stressors and natural stressors and some of the things that we can do to minimize them along the way so we can stay focused on becoming the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. So, ready or not, number one, find your place of least stress and use it as an emotional benchmark. If this is possible for you, it would involve finding a quiet time alone where you can meditate and just get an emotional setting, almost like a set point. Where are you comfortable in life where there's nothing pulling you to the left, nothing pulling you to the right? You know, again, I like to think of being okay right where I'm at, doing what I'm doing, with as little emotional, mental, spiritual distraction as possible. Just being okay right there. And use that as my benchmark. Use that as my, as my measuring guideline. As my balance. As that happy place. That sweet spot. Whatever you want to call it. Where everything that's going on is okay right where I'm at right now. Doing or not doing. I am being. And I find that balance, that center, and I use that as my benchmark. Then, what I would advise is to create boundaries of what is and what isn't acceptable. So we find where we're at and we almost build a, a hedge of protection to keep the good in and the bad out. Does that make sense? So we find where we are good and then we create a hedge around us. So no matter where we move, that boundary, that hedge moves with us. Number three, evaluate stressors to determine if it is it natural or is it self-induced? Kind of a good question to ask, right? Why am I feeling this way? Have I contributed to this feeling? Have Have I brought this on? Or is this just a natural course of my life and there's really not much I can do about it, but just accept it as being the way it is? And moving through it and recognizing it as an opportunity, not as a distraction, right? Because we have these things and we can decide whether or not it is a positive force for us or are we going to allow it to remain a negative, a distraction, something that's diverting our energy and our power from who we are. Or is it self-induced? Is it totally 100%? Robert Pardon and I got to own it and the sooner I own it the better off I'm going to be this is where I need to be what I call objectively subjective where I need to look in me from the outside of me to tell me uncomfortable truths about me and my behavior to help determine because if we don't we'll just blame it on life I was talking to a friend today, and we were sharing, you know, again, I'm a walking cliche, <laughs> I think sometimes, and we and we hear that question how's life treating you, man? How's life treating you? Do you ever hear that question? Do you ever ask that question? I think we're all guilty of it on both sides. And that's not the question. The question isn't how is life treating you? The question is how. Am I treating life? Because life, dude, it, it just happens with or without my permission. But it's what I do with life that is even more powerful than what life does to me. What is my response? Again, as my wonderful friend Trish would say, it's it's not what they say, it's not what they do, it's how I react. Number four, clear or reduce stressors and the impact that they have. As part of the whole boundary thing, I need to clear or reduce the stressors and the impact that they have. Sometimes that stressor is a person, and I need to just remove them out of our life or make sure that there's a boundary, that there's an understanding that I'm no longer going to allow them to affect me in that given area. Number five, where possible, clear away stress potentials. Now, this is more um, on things, but stress potential could become events Or things that we go do and when I say potential we need to sort of think ahead it's that think first with the end in mind in goal setting and planning where we count the cost in advance or what I teach in daily mindset is to have a pre-active mind we have reactive which is generally a negative response to an event occurring we have a proactive response which is a positive response to event occurring but there's a pre-active element a higher domain of thinking that allows me to in advance remove the potential for any stressors that are out there and I either minimize them to where they don't affect me at all I set in a pre-programmed proactive mindset or response or if I'm really good at it, I remove them all together where they have they don't even occur. So I clear away stress potentials. I love the, the next one. My friend Blaze, she had a great post on Instagram today and talking about self-care. And I cover that a lot. Self-talk is the most powerful talk on the planet. It's not true until you say it is, regardless of what I say. Until you agree, it is not true. So I need to practice positive self-care as I look at natural and self-induced stressors. Then I, I expect natural stressors despite introducing measures to reduce them. I expect them. As I live and breathe, I expect things to come into my life that might cause stress, that might disrupt, because that's just living. I need to live life on life's terms and sometimes ex- expecting things to occur. I don't know when they're going to occur, but I can. it's my expectation that things will occur all the more reason for me to be prepared and to constantly become as well as I possibly can be to reduce them or minimize their impact. Number eight, I need to meditate and release throughout the day and especially at the day's end. Man, if you're not meditating throughout your day, if you're not praying without ceasing, what a missed opportunity. My goodness, we hear about things throughout our day. We just don't hear about them on the five o'clock news. Things happen throughout our day. And why would I wait to relieve the pressure of something that occurred at 10 a.m.? Why would I wait till three o'clock to four o'clock till five o'clock? The likelihood is by that time, I'm going to compartmentalize and say it's no big deal. Or next week, it's going to creep back up on me, hit me in the back of the head like a two by four, and I'm going to wonder what the heck happened, right? So I need to do that, name it, claim it, dump it. I need to meditate and release throughout the day. And especially at the end of the day, because the sooner I release that, the sooner I get to rest. And regardless of how much sleep you get, if I'm not getting rest, I will be tired. I may be physically alert, but the rest of me is not going to perform. It's going to underperform. Number nine, start each day with the resolve to be as productive and positive as possible. If I'm doing the rest of these things and I'm meditating and releasing at my day's end and I'm expecting good things to happen along the way, I I'm almost guaranteed to wake up the next day because I've got great rest with the resolve because I know I did it yesterday. I can be productive. I can be positive. I can become the best version of me possible. I made the decision. If you've never listened to any of Steve Harvey's stuff, you got to go check the brother out. Steve Harvey is unbelievable when it comes to techniques and strategies and energy to conducting and looking forward to a positive day. Study the Kalidasa, the Sanskrit poem, look to this day, very powerful stuff. And number 10, extract joy from every moment possible. Extract it, go take it out, like you're pulling sap or syrup from a maple tree. Pull it out, take it, it's yours. Why isn't it yours? It's my moment. Why isn't the joy mine? I own that. So I look to extract joy from every moment possible that's good, bad, or indifferent. Just because something appears to be negative doesn't mean there's no joy to be found. Maybe my joy is that it could have been worse and it wasn't. You ever get in an accident and you realize that if it wasn't for that person turning differently or someone evading or some some circumstance about that accident, changed it from a fender bender to you ending up in the hospital with severe injuries or even worse. So I'm looking to extract joy from every possible moment in life. Stressors of life. We don't have to be stupid, boring, and glum, as it says in the big book. We can be happy, joyous, and free. We can control and reduce and even eliminate the majority of stressors in our life. Because, folks, I guarantee you, the majority of stressors in my life that find it difficult to to cope with and understand are self-induced. It's my fault. I need to own it. I need to take the steps necessary in order to reduce, to recognize, and to get through so I can get to the point where I'm looking forward to events in my life because I'm extracting every bit of joy possible because when I'm doing that for me, it makes me so much more powerful for you. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a wonderful time. Thank you for tuning in. Go to recoveryguy.org. Find your major podcast channel, The Recovery Guy Podcast. Go visit me on Instagram, recovery underscore guy. Go to Facebook, The Recovery Guy. Let me know what I can do for you to elevate your way of living. If you're looking for a life or a sober coach, reach out. Let me know what that looks like. If you're able to give and, and participate and support this recovery movement, go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy. Give on a monthly basis. If you want to give a one-time donation, go to Venmo at Robert-Pardon-3. Share, subscribe, tell a friend. Support this ministry the best way possible so we can make a difference in the life of others. I want to thank you again so much for joining today. And as always, my name is Robert, and I am a Recovery Guy.